You're listening to TWN Champions, episode number 14. Champions, arise! To the Champions Countdown podcast, where we summon heroes from across space and time to populate our intergalactic museum, or something like that. This is episode 14. I'm Rebecca, and with me is back from a restless eternity seeking his lost meatball sub. It's Weeping Will! I do cameo for EVPs. <laughs> Ooh, spooky. Get out! And happy birthday! <laughs> If your prices are reasonable, I'm sold. You know what? I prepared a little thing, and I the first thing I did did have meatballs involved. That's funny. You knew that. Was, that'd be a it's ghost. Just a thing. That'd be my ghost agenda is meatballs. It's just, yeah, I just I just really feel like you and meatball subs are a th- are important. I think about old ones of your. Yeah, I know. Will used to have a, an electronic picture frame, one of those like you know that you get somebody for Christmas and like they can put digital photos on the digital picture frame and like cycle through them and whatever it was a good one for parents a long time ago yes it's good for parents grandparents kind of a thing but uh will had one on his desk at work and one of his photos was of a meatball sub all the people that i love (laughs) your nearest and dearest (laughs) so what are we talking about today on today's show we're counting down our personal favorite takes on the ghost archetype I have four. Rebecca has four. It's a top eight ghosts. Now, for the four weeks of October, we're going to have Halloween themes. And we're starting off with a big one. So, Will, what is a ghost for the purposes of our countdown, especially? I think the simplest definition is probably a spirit separated from a body. But I disagree with a few of the definitions uh, I saw in various places. Like a lot of them would say um, a human spirit. And I don't think you have to be human to be a ghost. You, I, yeah, you don't have to be human to be a ghost. And you do have to be separated from a body. Although I feel like we're pretty loosey-goosey about how corporeal our ghosts can be. Because mm-hmm. there's like ghosts that like they, they manage to find a body when they need to strangle somebody. Right. For example, <laughs> you know. From their original body? But it, Yeah, but it's not their original body. It's like a ghost body they like summon with all their ghost anger. I don't know how right. it works. It's it's the the you're driving the spirit and the spirit can inhabit different things. But okay. It's, it, it, yeah. All right. That's fair. Okay. That's fair. Okay. Yeah. So I I said like a non corporeal spirit trapped between realms, but as okay. we've already said, the ghosts can can be manipulating the physical environment somehow. I even saw ghost books where people tried to classify different types of ghosts, and I even kind of lo- I'll usually like those that kind of thing, but I even lost patience with those because I feel like. There are so many different types of ghosts that it just seems foolish to try to make too many categories. Yeah. Like it just it just doesn't it just doesn't work. It also takes some of the fun out of it too, because it's like, you know, we're we're trying to have a, a spooky good time, not, you know, fill out Tobin's spirit guide over here. Yeah, that's 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 right. And some and some cultures have such very specific ghosts, you can't even bucket them up like that. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't even <laughs> yeah. doesn't even work like that. If you're like if I'm dying and you know, you're specifically going to come back and be a Korean water ghost, for example. Well, I was thinking, I was thinking about a lot of Asian ghosts are very specific, um, and it's not just like a poltergeist or uh, apparition. I mean, there's a very specific way you die and very specific way you look, and so I, I, I think ghosts are kind of loosey goosey, is what we're what we're saying. But it's yeah. basically a free spirit kind of. Yes, a free spirit. And I mean, we're not going to get all into it, even though, of course, we love getting into it. But I mean. Ghosts have been around forever in folklore, right? Let just you know, we can just assume since time began. Yeah, I, I would say since we had humans, I'm sure I even I would I would guess like cave people even. Would. I would guess they would too, and there is sort of like a distinction between folklore that you can assume we've always had ghost stories. At least yeah. I think so. 
versus like the Western canon because there is kind of like a, there was a transition somewhere in there between the Greeks and the Romans about whether we were talking about spirits in the underworld versus like a ghost who would uh -huh. haunt a house. And it was right around, I, I mean, it was right around the time of like the Roman playwrights where we started talking about stuff like haunted houses in Western canon. But I, I still think it's fair to say that everybody's like, don't go in the woods, there's a ghost. Uh -huh. Like, you know, for Ooga Booga, like since forever, we all have all, there are ghosts out there, don't go. Yeah, and in whatever way we were talking about ghosts, I feel like every culture since beginning of mankind, we've been talking about doing certain rituals and practices to avoid hauntings of ghosts. Yeah, yeah, ghosts is not something you want. Right, that that's <laughs> always been a common thread, no matter when it was. Ghosts are ghosts are a threat to your fun. I think that's so. very and your peace of mind. We don't we don't want ghosts typically, and then so I'm I'm thinking for our countdown also. There are tons of like high concept and like literary ghosts. Uh -huh. eh, eh. We're doing the ones that we like. We're doing trashy ghosts, yeah. okay? <laughs> There's like garbage ghosts is going to be all. There, I'm I'm really glad to hear that you you embrace that because I've got some that I I feel are super trashy, but I love. That's fine, and I embrace that. Like earlier this year, I was I was surprised because I was like, we love ghosts so much, I and I was like, oh, I got to pick the best. The ones that came to my mind first were super trashy. Yeah, I, yeah, mine. My, my is pretty okay, trashy the too. I like. Okay, good. So okay. this is a list of trashy ghosts, and if you're into that, and I don't know, they they wear their clothes too tight and their hair is dyed, kind of a thing. <laughs> if you like that kind of ghost, then keep listening. Um, yeah, earlier, I guess it was earlier this year. I was trying to read the George Saunders novel uh, Lincoln and the Bardo, and I wasn't quite in the mood to read uh -huh. it. And then, so I come to find out while I'm doing research for this, that people were like, that's a wonderful novel. It's about this space between death that takes place while Lincoln's in his tomb. And it's told from his point of view after he's died. And I'm like, and it, we've you know, seen it already. And as I lay dying, thank yeah, you. That is true. Okay. <laughs> we don't need, so yeah. anyway, I'm just saying a high concept. Yeah. That, that's a high falutin. No, ghost. we want, we want a ghost to show up in the mirror and bear her fangs and bleed from her eyeballs. Yeah. Yeah. Trashy ghost. Uh, can I, I think, I think that's a perfect opportunity to go ahead and ask you. I'm sure we've talked to each other about this at various points, but we need to check in every now and then. Do you believe in ghosts? <laughs> no, I don't. And I wish that I did, but I don't. And I wish that I did. And I've had like two experiences uh -huh. that you maybe count as paranormal when I was like a, a human being and not a child. Like I remember you talk about the door closing at your friend's yeah, house. Yeah, the door slamming uh -huh. that we talked about in our last podcast. And then I, we, we did have some freaky kind of experiences at what is described as a haunted Civil War museum um, in Marietta. Oh, yeah, Do you remember that? that? The, uh -huh. Like they, their whole thing is like full of like weird artifacts from the Civil War. And there was some kind of weird stuff that we experienced there. But again, I'm well, there was an impression or something. I don't know. Yeah, there was some sort of like physical impression. Like we we were around some horrible implements of war. Because mm -hmm. like, let's put it like in a museum. Bullets to bite and stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was like, hey, come over here and stand near this object. And this is not like a tour guide doing this. Mm -hmm. It's like, and try to take a breath. And you couldn't. Like you couldn't take a deep breath in this one place. It felt heavy. Yeah. It was really weird, right? But I'm still not going to say, like, I believe in ghosts because I don't. Yeah, I not, don't. A, not, enough, not enough to prove it. I would say I do believe there is some sort of energy that we don't know how to measure yet, whether it is That's fair. superimposed other timeline or uh, a, an impression of residual energy or something. Sure. I feel like there is something that we could call a ghost that we just don't know how to measure yet. Yeah, and I'm open-minded because life is weird the fact that we're here is weird mm -hmm. everything is weird i don't i don't even know anymore i'm i'm just i'm so far beyond skepticism that it goes into <laughs> nihilism and then it goes into absurdity that's how i viewed life so the afterlife is just as equally weird and possible and as someone who uh lived lived in the woods i I don't know whether it's just an imagination or something uh, in your brain, but my sister and I had some very, very vivid things that we saw in our brains. Now that's we were true. Real, real your or sister, not. So your sister had she some, had some horrible ones about she had some ghost stuff. Seeing people standing on our roof from her 
window on a wing of, of the house and stuff like that. And I love, I love hearing all that. Uh, um, but we're not, we're in pretty good company. I did look up uh, a Harris poll from just okay. a few years ago, found that 42% of Americans say they believe in ghosts. That's more than I would have thought. Yeah, I guess that seems about right. A similar percentage in the UK where they're lousy with ghosts. Yeah, there's ghosts everywhere. How could you not believe in ghosts um, over there? And in Japan where secularism is really strong, um, they still have a high belief in ghosts. And even like super liberal uh, Scandinavia uh, has a high percentage of people living in ghosts too. And that surprises me though. Like, yeah. see, like that actually does surprise me because I, I have the perception of Scandinavian countries as having it together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We've got an excuse of we're all like woods, hillbilly, potato farmer. No, around here is like, like, I'm having a funny pain in my chest. It must be a ghost in this environment. It's like, right. Johnny, are you sure you ain't just having a heart attack? No. I ain't. <laughs> you dropped your plate. Spirits be gone. <laughs> Like, no, you just messed up. I don't think so. I don't do that. It was an evil spirit. I done detected his presence. It's like, <laughs> sir, that's just like a car that pulled in the driveway. No, evil spirit, evil spirit. I cast you out. Get thee behind me. Anyway, like, I kind of feel like that's our whole judge. And I, so I'm surprised to hear that about Scandinavian countries. But hey, all right. One last thing before we talk about the ghosts, in case anybody gets scared listening to this. Um, don't don't be. I want Rebecca to uh, share her cure for uh, getting rid of ghosts. Now, this, okay. I talked about this on the He-Man podcast where it was very on topic. Um, if you're haunted, you got a haunting in your house, you got a haunting in your yard, or you feel there's an object that is haunting you, get in your car and go to Walmart. Yeah, that'll get rid of the mood real fast. No Things ghost, get real, real yeah, fast if no you go to Walmart. No ghost can haunt you at a Walmart. <laughs> yeah. It just can't happen. It just, they just aren't feeling it. It's it, not going to happen. Yeah, it's just not the right vibe. The oh, vibe you can is, come with me. <laughs> exactly. Like, We're going to go here. We're going to go to Walmart. What you going to get there? They got the cheese grits here. They do have the cheese grits at Walmart. But yeah, no, if you're being haunted, I advise you, go to Walmart. I mean, don't purchase anything because they're a very sketch company. But I mean, maybe maybe go to Costco in that case. Go to Costco. <laughs> Ghosts can't go there either. I want the cheese wheel. The Kirkland's brand is the best. Would you like to start us off with your first pick? Number eight. I knew Professor Broom, young man. You didn't know Professor Broom. Yes, I did. Shut After up. my Shut accident, up. he designed this container. A wonderful man. And even then, he was very hey, much the future. Stop he... it. Right now. Oh, what? Are you threatening me? Because I think I can take you. Is anyone out there wearing the same thing every day? Yes. The same pants? We're literally wearing the same hoodie right now. We are. We've had this for so long. Yeah. We've had these for so long. And they are very worn and ratty. It looks like a ghost is wearing both of them. <laughs> uh, it's important to change the top half of you for videos, but the bottom half already has your belt on it. So I feel like it just makes sense to keep wearing the same pants. <laughs> yes. Uh, my first pick has to wear the same suit for the rest of his life. Because this is Johan Krauss, the ghost from Hellboy Comics and Hellboy 2, The Golden Army. Ooh, okay. I'm glad we have a comics pick, because mine are trashy, but not that. Okay. <laughs> I think you probably remember him. Uh, we saw that movie at the drive-in, if you remember. He was the guy in the old 1800s diving suit with the German accent, and he had the bubble helmet, and there's a ghost inside of him. I vaguely remember, but it sounds, see, it sounds good. I have good memories of Hellboy. Uh -huh. I feel that I enjoyed it every time. There they are. Your temper. It makes you sloppy. Try to control it, Agent Hellboy. Before it controls you. What? That's that's pretty much what he is. He's a he's a ghost that's contained in a suit, so he can persist. So his uh, energy doesn't dissipate. Uh, and uh, that costume is pretty much what I look for in every video game. I want to find the diving suit with the bubble helmet. Wasn't it Fallout that had that? Couldn't you get that? The, there were certain um, must have been the astro the astronaut suit, but anything that looks like the diving suit with the bubble yeah, helmet. Yeah, there I like. were there were radiation suits you could get that had bubble helmets, and then also there were a couple of really cool uh, power armor 
pieces in Fallout 4 that had more of the bubble helmet. Deal. I think the ghouls had that, right? Like they're, they're spa- the spaceship ghouls. I think they had like a spaceship. spaceship yeah, they, they, there was a, a moment in a side quest where you got to watch ghouls put on space helmets and go blast okay. off. So it looks like that. Living, living the dream. And I was looking for his code name, but I don't think he has one. I think it's just Johan Krauss. He was a talented medium uh, in like the 1940s whose body was destroyed while he was channeling a spirit in a seance. Johan. Hey, Johan. So uh, when his body's destroyed while he's channeling the spirit, his energy is released uh, and he knows it's going to dissipate soon. So he pleads with all his paranormal expert friends in the Bureau of Paranormal Research and Development, that's the BPRD, uh, to hook him up with a body. And so now he helps Hellboy and his group uh, deal with paranormal threats. And I love this guy because I think this Johan ghost suit situation is possible. Like, what if we don't have to give up our ghost when we die? Why should we just accept that? Like, it sounds insane, but so did going to the moon. And maybe it just took us, it might just take us 7 million years to figure out how to do this. (laughs) Yeah, it's probably just like there's not any good outfits that we can cling to. You need metal or whatever. Like, you're probably not going to be a good ghost if you're inhabiting, like, I don't know, your old leisure suit that they're trying to send a goodwill. I was, that's the next thing I was going to ask you. If you could do that and you could make your own body for your ghosts, and it can be anything. What, what's that going to look like? What so do you I, need it to I can, have? I'm, I'm going to inhabit like an object, but however... It you can design be... the body that your ghost will inhabit. It can be useful. It can look good. Now, this is going to come up later, but I would like to be a pipe organ. Oh, I like that. You know... But it has I wheels, s- I assume, so it can roll around. Maybe. Or it might just be confined to like one really dorky church or whatever, but they'd be like, we don't know what's going on with our pipe organ. Because, <laughs> you they know... They'd be like, Rebecca, that's so passe to scare people as a ghost. We can literally <laughs> live as ghosts now. It's like, nope, pipe sticking organ. here. Pipe organ. I would like to be a musical instrument of some sort. I think that would be fun. I would do a dinosaur body, I think. I feel like... <laughs> That's going to be in fashion. They're going to be like, that's very raw. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe in like 2012. I want like a uh, a robotic dinosaur body that you could be in. Like the ghost of a dinosaur. You I think, probably I have think one. On this one, I will close with a quote from one of uh, the Hellboy characters, Kate Corrigan, who was talking, explaining Krauss. And she says, he's not dead. He just doesn't have a body anymore. And I wish that's how we thought about death. It's just a preventable failure of our body technology. Kind of like what Ray Kurzweil always talks about in his spiritual machines uh, literature. And it sounds crazy, but I admire his efforts to make this a credible field of study. Number seven. All right, at number seven, I give you a good pair of video game ghosts. And that is Sam and Max Spade from Fable 3. Oh, cool. Okay, now... Dig back into the old memory banks. These two brothers were a side quest. Well, they themselves weren't. They initiated a side quest in Fable 2 where they're a pair of bickering brothers and they're trying to get the Normanomicon. I think I'm saying that right. The Normanomicron, maybe? Uh, but they're, they're trying to, like, summon spirits with it for science, obviously, and... You go fetch the book for them, and it goes horribly wrong. And then later, they also summon a banshee. Uh huh. Um, and then in Fable Three, it takes place several hundred years later after Fable Two. So there are ghosts, and they uh-huh. appear. And there's really a fun sort of mini boss battle with them, like in a in a from a game perspective. Like uh, they're now ghosts. You go find the tome again. They summon a bunch of spirits at a ghostly party with. A haunted pipe organ. Yeah, I remember that. And they play the organ. Yeah, they play the organ and it makes like wisps go everywhere. And then uh, they're trying to get away from the spirit of their nagging mother. And it's very (laughs) charming and very delightful. Mom! I knew I would find you two getting up to no good. What are you doing here? Never mind. You've been reading from that book again, haven't you? And do I smell ale? Yes, Oh, Max, 
He had rather a lot, actually. The reason why I wanted to pick them is, first of all, I feel like we haven't given enough love to the Fable franchise <laughs> on this podcast. I really, really, really did love all those games. and I They played. built a great world. It's they one of those did. where all the sounds and the music even sort of conspire like, yes. like Nintendo used to be really good at. The whole, the world building was fantastic. And I'm not even talking about like the lore because the story is pretty generic. I mean, uh-huh. you know, I don't even, who cares? Who even who remembers but the world building itself is wonderful um and it sort of even follows like a historical progression where the first fable game is kind of like medieval england Uh and then um like enlightenment era and the second one and by the third one it's kind of like the industrial revolution Uh it's really really charming and i even would argue that um with all the music cues and the different sort of uh, fantastical elements, like the enemies that you have, you've got little hobs that are like little trolls, and you've got resurrected corpses and ghosts and wisp, you know, like wisps and a banshee. The banshees are fantastic; they're horrible, but you have all these like fantastical creatures, and it really makes for uh, a nice aesthetic in the game. Like it's just it's so charming and so storybookish. And um, even down to the fact that whenever you walk into uh, a graveyard, which is a whole hashtag mood, when you walk into a graveyard, you can always read all of the inscriptions on the gravestones Mm -hmm. and they have hundreds and hundreds of custom ones and they're all like funny. You know, it's a really charming world. I don't really have anything to say about that except for I love that and I'm angry that stupid... uh, Microsoft is going to come out with another one just in time for their stupid new console. I know we that just committed to not getting Xbox finally. No, this has been an Xbox house since 2001. Yeah. When did the first one come out? You got it for Christmas in high school before we knew each other. And that decision has like led to this being an Xbox I know. household. We had to play Blood Wake. <laughs> my roommate, in, my roommates in college used to call it the boat game. The boat game, <laughs> but I mean, I am so mad because we had just literally decided, like this past year, like okay, this console cycle when it's over, I am not getting another yeah. Xbox. We're gonna get like, well, we're gonna get the PS Five. We're definitely we need to get a Switch. We're gonna yeah. get everything. We're gonna get everything but Xbox. We decided. I know, and then they're like, but don't you want to play a new Fable game? We I'm might like, get it for PC or something, maybe. Maybe, maybe, but anyway, I'm mad. But I love those games. I don't know. <laughs> and I love a, I love a, a twin ghost. I love pairs of ghosts. They're funny together. Yeah. And so these are these are my cute funny ghosts. They're cute. they're they're not trashy. They're maybe a little tacky, but they're not. But we'll get we'll video, get trashy well, later. Well, you can still call them trashy for video games if they want. Well, that it's honor. from a video game from the Audis, and everything that happened in the Audis was trashy. <laughs> there you go. They were all wearing thongs that you could see under their low rise jeans. <laughs> I have in, in 90s comics, too. I told you we'd get in trouble! No, you didn't. Thank you for finding my sons and for getting that book away from them. Number six. Okay, I have a prediction of the future. In ten seconds, there will be much protesting. Uh-oh. <laughs> Remember how I said ghosts don't have to be human? I'm real proud of this one. Okay. I'm going to return to one of our favorite topics and pick the ghost of Starscream from Transformers G1 in the original movie. Now, I thought this was going to be one countdown where the Transformers did not come up. This is a really good one. I'm really proud of this one. Even his name sounds like a ghost. That sounds like a great one, Starscream. It does does sound like a ghostly name. Uh, Who's that? It's your old buddy. Okay, we watched the Transformers uh, movie together. Uh, do, do you re- no, do I you don't, remember, I don't remember the death of Starscream? I don't. I just remember Dare to Be Stupid and and the dad saying a cuss word. That's what I was going to ask you. Do you at least remember the dad cussing? Yeah. Okay, I remember those two things. I, I looked at, I looked it up to see if I could find the dad cussing. That was oh, people aren't trash. They don't look up dad cuss. They put up <laughs> dad swearing or something. It's like oh, okay, they aren't all hillbillies like me yeah you do have some weird google searches from how your mind works <laughs> yeah rebecca always thinks my google searches are crazy um <laughs> yeah but it was weird because the dad's like hooray oh like it's real weird didn't make any sense okay so the next best scene besides <laughs> well, I loved that part besides the dad cussing uh-huh. is the scene where uh leonard namoy shows up and murders starscream coronation starscream this is bad comedy. So Starscream had just betrayed Megatron 
and he was throwing his own coronation party. Then Megatron, who survived in upgrades, shows up with Leonard Nimoy's voice, activates cannon mode, and blasts Starscream into an ash heap. Okay. It's a great moment for culture. Here's a hint. It's really funny how I don't, I know we, I watched that with my eyes and this brain, but I don't remember any of that. It just cracked me up when this robot shows up and Spock is talking about how he's going to waste him. It's, it's just super funny. I just, I loved it. It's awesome. Uh, so this is where the ghost part comes in. After the movie, the series continues and in the episode called Starscream's Ghost, oh, so you can't Lord. argue, uh-huh. one of the Decepticons, Octane, is looking at a statue of Starscream, and Starscream's ghost pops out with an evil plan to overthrow Galvatron. And this was just such a hilarious scene because Octane, who tra- can transform into a truck, transforms to protect himself because he's scared. And the more he cowers, his little truck starts tipping over to the side, but his little head is untransformed. And he's like, ah, and his little <laughs> truck is falling over because he's scared of the robot ghost. And he was just trying to do the right thing. He was trying to drive to Walmart. <laughs> That's right. So yes. he wouldn't be scared anymore. Yeah. Uh, and... I just thought this was such a great science fiction idea and it made Starscream so much more sneaky and weird. And in his ghost form, he like, he did great stuff. Like he stole the eyes from the giant uh, Autobot transformer uh, Megaplex and gave it to the decapitated head of Unicron and reactivated Unicron's head. And that was like his base for a little while. I was like, this is just some great nonsense. <laughs> uh, it really, really <laughs> sounds like it. The shadow of my former self, don't you think? So, anyway, uh, yes, I believe that ghosts can be detected and measured, and eventually, I think we will find them in robots if they uh, evolve enough. And if you build a statue of someone who has passed, their ghost is probably hanging around. That's it. right. Yes. Even so if just be robots. careful who you build a statue of, I guess, <laughs> is what we need to think about. Don't build statues of any murderous robots or scheming robots. Don't do it. Number five. Okay, you know, I can't let a countdown go by without talking fondly about the 90s. And so at number five from 1993, I bring you the frozen ghost from Are You Afraid of the Dark? Oh, I don't remember that one. That's the little boy who went, I'm cold. Oh, well, that's good. (laughs) That's a good thing for a ghost to say. So uh, this was a, a horror anthology show that ran on Nickelodeon in the 90s. And it was part of their SNCC, their Saturday Night mm-hmm. Nickelodeon lineup. And the premise of it was a bunch of kids who were like older, they were like tweens, like young adolescents uh-huh. or whatever. They'd get together at night around a campfire and tell ghost stories. And they would just take turns and each one would like... And some of them were week. cutesy and lame and some of them were good. Yeah, and they really did sort of run the gamut on quality there because there were some that that were, I think, pretty even like supernatural. Like I think were a little more risk, not risque, but like a little more intense, I mm-hmm. think, for like a kid audience. And then some of them were just stupid. Were they consistent with the characters? Like certain uh, kids had their certain kinds I of stories? Know. Like, like, oh, he tells scary stories, or like, Claudia tells the lame ones. They may have, I don't know, they may have been consistent. I know there, there was some rotating in and out of different cast members or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, But they did have some pretty good ones, but then they also had one, for example, that was about the phone police that would come uh-huh. get you if you made crank phone calls, which was like a thing That's in the cutesy. 90s. That's too cutesy. That's real. It was. Yeah. It wasn't scary at all. Why is that popular, like, I feel like if people who were like even like five years younger than us talk fondly about Are You Afraid of the Dark? Did they just watch it when they were really young? Or did so. it syndicate a lot? I feel that they watched it when they were at the most um, uh, Im- impressionable okay. for that kind of story because it was a really fun sort of mood story. Yeah. And you didn't know what kind of story it was going to be when they started talking. Um, well, the like, introduction was the best part. The yeah. intro was the best part. It was t- it was it was really scary. The intro was scary, and it was a really great mood setter. And this was a funny thing because this was around the time where I was like too old to be into it. Really, I mean, because I was like eleven or so when when these were on. But my friend and I 
we would get on the phone with each other and we would watch Snick, mm-hmm. like somewhat reluctantly, but we still enjoyed it. So we watched all of these together. Did you watch Roundhouse? We did watch Roundhouse. Oh, that's that was always forgotten. Oh yeah, yeah. Long you the we watched. Music keeps playing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's all I can remember. <laughs> That's it, yeah. Yeah, I do I do remember. But yeah, we would watch this and like we would watch it kind of with an air of people who were like too cool for uh-huh. it. But then after this, we would like listen to a radio show on the college station hosted by a pair of DJs named Jeremy and Rob and they would do a, a countdown show for like just stupid top tens, like David Letterman style. Uh-huh. And uh, that was my Saturday nights in like 93, 94. <laughs> it's just like no i'm not a girl not yet a woman as britney spears would sing a few years later but like this was a really fun show and in this one it was just like the ghost of a little boy who was died cold and they fixed his ghost problem by giving him a literal coat like mm-hmm. they found his old worn out coat under a barrow or whatever the crap and they're like here you go and he's like eh. but just the little boy popping up i'm cold uh, the top comment on a YouTube clip of the boy saying I'm cold was, yes, I'm 30 and I still say this like the boy, <laughs> which is very funny. That I was think, good. Yeah, that- it was, it was, a, he was a good ghost. Number four. When you're having a good time or you're too tired to brush your teeth, there's nothing worse than bedtime. <laughs> Agree. That's why my next pick one of the legendary villains from the real Ghostbusters. It's Mr. Sandman. All right, so how do we know when he gets here? Mighty night, friends. Time to go beddy bye. You'll feel so much better after a 500-year nap. I was hoping you would pick one of the real Ghostbusters. <laughs> he first appeared in the 1986 episode, Mr. Sandman, Dream Me a Dream. There were a few I could have picked for this that I ruled out for various reasons. <clears throat> one of them wasn't technically a ghost, and I was like, okay, but that's that's too strict. I'm just going to pick him. But then as soon as I said that in my head, Ray literally says, he's not a ghost. We can't put him in the trap. I was like, okay, I won't do that one. And I'm going to talk about him in a different one, so I won't tell you who it is. Okay. And then the other one uh, was a a very Halloween one I'll mention in the uh, honorable mentions. You can probably guess who it was. Yeah. Um, But I love Sandman. I think I do actually legitimately love him the most. Uh, because he's, he's the scariest to me because he like touches on like that issue of like, um, uh, being scared when you're trying to go to sleep. There's just something, something about that, that like ghosts seem like they're more possible when you're about to go to sleep. Even if you're a a fully reasoning person, you just sort of lose that ability to reason as you're drifting off. And there's just something about like a ghost in your bedroom or something that just, freaks you out i think yeah it's not helpful when you find out later in life that a lot of people experience uh episodes of sleep paralysis yeah that's what i was gonna talk about yeah like where you are where you do feel like you can see something but at the same time you aren't empowered to move because you're actually dreaming and asleep but you're not quite asleep enough so yeah that sounds terrible yeah, that state, i mean it's, ter- it's, it's yeah. a thing for real isn't there like a uh like a folk saying or a folk story like it's like a witch on your chest or something like that I've oh heard? Yeah, yeah yeah that's a sleep paralysis demon like crawls on top of you that it's horrible sounding and i'm glad that it's never been a problem of mine i've never <laughs> experienced sleep paralysis although i do occasionally dream that a spider is weaving a web right over me like that, that was something that happened even when I was young. No too. symbolism. <laughs> no, no, they're not, not at all. But like th- that is the closest I ever came to sleep paralysis. Like, thank goodness I never saw like a humanoid uh-huh. figure in my dream. It was always just that. And I like reach up and be like, what is it doing here? I anyway. Had, uh, night terrors and the sleep paralysis, all, all the things. But I'm telling you, we lived in a haunted place. I'm telling you. You did. You brought, yeah, you probably were just being tormented by the ghost of the sea captain or whoever. <laughs> that is one of the, the ones I thought fisherman I saw. or yeah. whoever it was. He was in the woods. I don't know why. But this, <laughs> he was like, I need to find the sea. This guy uh, has a black robe and a huge white head with a with a big grin and tiny eyeballs, and he carries a pouch of sleep that he blows with a little pipe. And 
Kids didn't know that when you grow up, you'd actually pay for this service. It's not that terrifying. <laughs> you, you'll take pills for this. But it was really scary at the time. And uh, he had that great voice. It sounded like um, one of those Frank Welker things where he has like the two notes at the same time while he's talking. And he speaks really slowly and he's really egotistical. Uh, and at one point he tells Egon, like, we are many. Like, because there's multiple Sandmen, but he thinks he's the best Ew. one. It's creepy. That is creepy. Nighty night. Don't let the bed bugs bite. He had a great backstory that made him even scarier. This was a J. Michael Straczynski episode. And so the backstory is that the Sandman wants to make the world sleep for 500 years to stop all the war. And he thinks this is the best way to do That's it. That's beautiful. <laughs> That's really lovely. Well, he starts putting people to sleep. and they're... You know how the whole world like started being less, I'm sorry, started being less polluted during COVID lockdown? That's all the Sandman wants. Well, for, uh, well, he wants it for 500 years. That's reasonable. Let him do it, everybody. What, what is the Ghostbusters are villains? This is the time of year where Ghostbusters are villains. I just would like to say that. Well, I'd like was, to put that out there, There was too. some discussion of this in the YouTube comments. People were saying, that's that's all true, but if, they, if he put the Ghostbusters to sleep, like Vigo might show up and uh, take things over. Like, we at least need the Ghostbusters not to go to sleep just to sort of keep things under control. I would like to live in a land for 500 years where I was the only, like, people. Okay, but this is what I was trying to say is that he starts putting people to sleep and their dreams start manifesting as ghosts all over the city. And uh, and it was really entertaining looking, all the weird character designs they had. Uh, and at one point, Ray is sad because he has to shoot his friend, the Easter Bunny, because somebody was dreaming about the Easter Bunny. <laughs> And he's like, and in the Ecto-1, he's like, it wasn't really him, was it? And then Peter's like, I don't know. <laughs> it was pretty funny. <laughs> that is really funny and terrible. He was voiced by William E. Martin, who was also a songwriter and a screenwriter. He wrote The Door Into Summer for the Monkees. And he wrote uh, Evergreen that was recorded by the Turtles and I think Barbara Streisand and a bunch of other people. So he basically had a great career. He also wrote Harry and the Hendersons. <laughs> Which is, you know, I I love creativity as a human endeavor. I really, it, it's just, it's it's an enduring mystery. I'm not even being like sarcastic or whatever. There is something that's more than just the sum of the parts in your brain. The things that you create are more than just the sum of the parts of the things that you see. Mm -hmm. And there's something that makes you feel akin to being a spiritual radio when you create something because you you feel like you're kind of picking up on something in the ether and you're like what is it and for this guy he's like sleeping dreaming in his bed at night and he's like harry and the henderson <laughs> right comes to him and that was the way his creativity manifested. And isn't that lovely? It is neat how you could be like a creative polymath. I mean, that should, yeah. that, that's probably pretty common. It's just people only work on one thing. Well, yeah. I, I really feel like if you've got Harry and the Hendersons under your belt and then a couple of songs that got recorded by people, you did pretty good for yourself, you know? These were, the they were real 60s things, so I think like, Harry and the Hendersons kind of makes sense to me now, because he's kind of like, that's kind of like a 60s folk kind of thing, like uh, like Bigfoot's to me. I suppose so it is. I could see that. Wouldn't the world be a better place if it were filled with dreams instead of people? But the whole reason people dream is so they can try to make their dreams come true. I like Sandman a lot, because I think he's like one of the top three legendary Ghostbuster villains, and... You know, I will say, you know, so obviously it's like Boogeyman, Samane, yeah. and, and Mr. Sandman, I think, are, are the best villains because he's got a real motivation here and the scope of his powers. Uh, he's just, he's a fantastic ghost. He's got the, he's the scariest looking to me, Mr. Mr. Sandman. We overlook him when we talk about the big Ghostbuster ghost, but he's a good one. Number three. Someone knows you've watched it. And what they say is... You will die in seven days. And exactly seven days later. Who told you that? Somebody from Rivera. Who told you? What's your problem? I've watched it. The year is 2002. You're wearing your low-rise jeans. I have boot cut, I think. Your boot cut. My low-rise my low low, low boot, boot cut, cut jeans. jeans. And your Von Dutch trucker hat. 
and you're trying to text on a very old phone that might not even do it yet. I didn't text on phones where you could text for a long time. Yeah, me neither. And you're paying for minutes because it's not 9 o'clock yet and you can't call anyone on your cell phone. Mm-hmm. And you're watching a videotape and the tape is over. And your phone rings and you're like, uh-oh, well, it's not 9 o'clock yet, but they called me so I can answer this on my 2002 cell phone. And they tell you, you're going to die in seven days. Mm-hmm. And it's the handiwork of Samara Morgan. The ring. And then the phone ring. Uh, you're just trying to scare me. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. It is. Okay. That, now, that was on my honorable mention one. Now, I want you to think We joke back. about it, but it was scary. We joke about it, but I cannot think of a time like, so the, we were like young adults when this came out. So we were, we were in college. Oh, so oh, we were in college and it was the new century and Will Smith didn't have any party jams for us that year, but he won. Anyway, so like... Like, we were, like, pretty grown when this came out. And it's kind of funny because I don't remember a ghost character taking everyone by storm the way that Samara and the Ring did. We had slashers that kind of did a little before our time. A little bit. But we did not have ghosts. But, yeah, she was, like, if you think back on, like, the last 20 years of horror films, like, I really feel like she's a big one. Uh And I feel... I think it even opened the door to... Asian horror for a lot of that's us. also true too because like all of those uh successful elements of the Korean water ghost story that we would later see uh-huh. in um the grudge films yeah. that you know the Korean version and then the American remakes or whatever definitely were present in the ring now again I just sort of said the plot of it but there is a haunted videotape and that if you watch it you're gonna die in seven days and what happens is a creepy little girl with dripping wet clothing comes crawling out of the TV and murders you and she's got like long stringy wet hair and you find out her whole tragic backstory and it is tragic but I have got to tell you I cannot remember a time in our lives that we had a new ghost come out mm-hmm. that everybody was like oh that's a bad one not, not only was the design good but they made her in a way that is scary to the moment you're living in like whatever feels like a violation like you sitting in your house watching tv like yes. that is not safe i remember that like i remember feeling like scared watching not like scared like it was gonna happen to me but i mean like yeah your like, brain was like danger like yes. danger there's it it activates and uh, I, I think if I remember the plot of that one, I really enjoyed how they did the thing you always do in the ghost movies where you solve their problems so they stop haunting, and she didn't care. Yeah. She still was going to be bad. That was the fun twist at they're, the end. They're holding holding the, the skeleton uh, corpse, and, and they're playing the music like soft sobs. You're like, uh-uh, I'm still mad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that was fun. That was a fun little twist. And they made, like, sequel recently that was no good, and it's fine. Don't watch it. It's fine. Like, but I, I can't even remember, other than this film, there being, like, a new Halloween costume for ghosts. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And if you had a little girl at any point in the 2000s and beyond, you'd be like, I'm going to dress her up like Samara <laughs> from The Ring. Like, that is a that is a killer costume if you're a little girl who's creepy. And you, you know you can make your little girl be Samara from the Ring. That's a good. That's a good ghost design. Good character design. Trashy era. Trashy film. Fun film. I'm a fan. Number two. So my goal in life is to be such a big deal that something happens if you say my name three times. I was ho- I, you know what? <laughs> I knew this was going to happen. Good. I'm glad I didn't. Okay, go continue. I'm sorry. Continue. I was going to I was going to say uh, the meatball thing here. I was going to say you probably get a meatball sub if you say my name three times. A meatball sub and some tasty guitar licks or something <laughs> like that. You'd hear the faint sound of a metronome. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and then followed by the streams of Big Love by Lindsey Buckingham. <laughs> uh, my pick is Beetlejuice, the best movie ever made. And also an incredible animated series. Sure, sure, sure. Go ahead, shoot. Well, for instance, uh, what are your qualifications? Ah, well, I attended Juilliard. I'm a graduate of the Harvard Business School. I travel quite extensively. I lived through the Black Plague, and I had a pretty good time during that. I've seen The Exorcist about 167 times, and it keeps getting funnier every single time I see it. Not to mention the fact that you're talking to a dead guy. Now, what do you think? You think I'm qualified? 
And if you don't remember the actual story of Beetlejuice, Alec Baldwin and Gina Davis die, and they get a caseworker in the afterlife to help them scare away the new residents of their old house. Eventually, they get desperate and hire the dangerous ghost named Beetlejuice to help them out. But he's more than they bargained for. Uh, indeed. <laughs> See, and I was like, I knew that this was going to be on your list probably, so that's why I didn't pick it on mine. But it would have been number one, and it maybe would have been like a tie uh -huh. between him and then the human ghost characters because they're... I thought about that too. They're ex the, the film does such a fantastic job of walking you through their experiences as a ghost. Uh -huh. And it was just so great for your imagination. Like, I just really, really... I mean, I, yeah, it's a fantastic film. We're not completely helpless, Barbara. I've been reading that book and there's a word for people in our situation. Ghosts. I, that was one of the reasons I almost picked them too is because the thing about this movie that makes it so special is the ghost bureaucracy part, which almost wasn't even in the film in the first draft. And then when they did the punch up, they added that whole caseworker part, which is what really makes oh, it. Oh yeah. Sing. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I just love it personally too, because it also shows it's the idea that there is another world to explore. That's like pretty grounded. And like, there's another life there. Uh, and that we can have a civilization after death, and that we can still govern ourselves. You're not at the mercy of some, like, godhead where your fate's already determined. I just love that. No, we're still in charge. It may even suck, but it's another life after this. I like that. Uh, but uh, back to Beetlejuice, I think the thing you don't think about, if you haven't watched it recently, uh, is that Beetlejuice is kind of the hero he just goes too far. Like, you you know, you in your head, you hold him as like the bad guy that's just fun. But if you remember in the movie, Alec Baldwin and Gina Davis are being killed by that resurrection spell. And then the house starts shaking and Beetlejuice pops up to the floor and says, Attention, Kmart shoppers. And that is a real stand up and cheer moment. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, you do. I, it is funny because I always like stop watching it shortly after Delia Dietz has her dinner party. Yeah. And I'm like, I know that I know it ends up good, but then after that you're like, oh, okay. But I nip like the second act low point. I can't handle it because I'm so invested. Yeah, you want to hang out hang out in that situation. I used to love that scene a lot when I was a kid because I just loved that he mentioned Kmart because it was like <laughs> the one place we had in town. Kmart like... jokes were really good in <laughs> 80s films. That was an important moment. You had to make fun of Kmart somewhere. So he was the hero. He just he just couldn't stop himself and, and went too far. And I usually don't do this, talk about remember this, remember this, but this is like the best movie in the world. So I will I will ask you, like, what's your favorite part from that movie? What do you like oh, from God. that movie? Oh, God, yeah. I mean, like, this is... Um, a film that I have watched religiously since it came out. Cause I remember this was one of those movies that we used to rent from the video store all mm -hmm. the time. So, I mean, I've had this film in my life for as long as it's existed, which is pretty cool. I know for a fact, it, cause it still makes me laugh. Even today. I know for a fact that we used to just like, crack up and and love the little speech that he did the little commercial yeah um especially his you know come on down i'll chew on a dog it's yeah <laughs> really funny but i think like the most the part that i've always been the most fascinated with is the moment where they open the door to go mm -hmm. to the waiting room for the first time mm -hmm. and um all the little glimpses of that world that you get there. Like, it's just, it's so much fun. And you see the way everybody died, like like the guy who smoked all the time, and he's just like complete ash. And, the <laughs> and he's like, I'm got, trying to cut down. Like, and also just like I, how inventive the set was and how like weirdly functional it was for what it needed. And I, I love too that this is really, this is pre-CGI, really. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the effects were just practical effects. And just things like building a set where the flattened guy yeah. in the bureaucracy area like he has like a little nook he can travel it's like through. yeah like paper coming through yeah on a clothesline yeah. it's just really inventive i just I always really loved that i remember we always liked it in my house my dad always liked when uh beetlejuice uh, finds that roach and puts this in his pocket says save that guy for later always <laughs> like that <laughs> yeah uh, and i love when uh beetlejuice makes that sleazy bordello and alec baldwin's model of the town and gina davis is like why did you make that <laughs> i didn't make that uh and so, you know, I was talking about why I love the bureaucracy so much, but I also love the other side of that coin because we always assume that when we're dead, we lose all power and agency and it's either nothing or you just line up for judgment and Beetlejuice is like, no, showtime. <laughs> and I love that. I love like a ghost with power. It's showtime. 
Well, before we name our top ghost, we feel compelled to list some honorable mentions. Honorable mentions. I'll say Ghost of John, still scary, <laughs> yeah. from the song and music class. Still don't like that. Um, Good, we can check in and make sure. I would say uh, the Ghost Riders in the Sky. Oh yeah, that's from the, a, from that's the song. A, I really like song. the cowboy ghost stuff. Uh, I would say that. Help me remember this. I'm pretty sure this is this almost a pick, but I couldn't remember if it was this movie. Was it in the orphanage where the lady's just cleaning up around her house and she opens the cupboard and this girl ghost just runs out of the cupboard? Sort of the scariest things I've ever seen. That may have been. I could not remember which movie it was. I couldn't. It was terrible. I, I, I wouldn't be able to tell you, but I, I did personally struggle with um, wanting to acknowledge Guillermo del Toro because yeah. I really like how weird his movies are. And I, I flirted with putting Mama on the list. Yeah. But ultimately, that movie is too flawed. But she's a great ghost. Yeah, she's, that was she's it. on my that's honorable mentions. Um, but I don't remember the cabinet ghost. I think that I think it was it. I would also say uh, Big Boo from the uh, Mario Brothers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was gonna say the ring and the, and the grudge, and then um, I would add Freddy Krueger because uh-huh. he was a ghost, yeah. technically. Yeah, the so mind plus Freddy Krueger <laughs> covers it. Well, yeah, well. I mean, like cause that's I I said Mama because uh-huh. I I wanted to pick her, but uh, I do I really like the design and the the film had some. Um, really nice things about it too because i like a ghost that you feel empathy for mm-hmm. like i actually like that i like it to be more like a fairy tale yeah. i i don't like so much about just like she samara gonna get you like you know chucky is gonna get you uh-huh chucky isn't technically a ghost he's inhabited by a spirit i don't know what chucky is yeah, he's a ghost. He is, I guess he does he's count, a, doesn't he? The doll was possessed. The it ghost, was possessed yeah. by a ghost. I think you're right. I think Chucky's a ghost. He is technically a ghost. But anyway, I'm just, you know, you know what I mean? Like, I, I like the ones that are very storybookish mm-hmm. and that have, and that have. That was a storybookish that, story. That element there. But then that film was too flawed. And I just, you know, Jessica Chastain and her bass guitar was just, oh, just too, yeah, was too, I forgot was about too that. much. I forgot. I was like, in a film about a ghost of a lady who kills kids because she couldn't keep her kid or I don't even remember. And now she takes care of kids. That was it. Yeah. The most unrealistic part was Jessica Chastain playing bass. But I did like when their the bugs would show up right before she would show up. And I liked that. I think it was really cool. Yeah, that was, it had so, but I like mama as a concept. Yeah, I do too. In her, in her, as our friend uh, Jason would say, her gangle power. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so who's your number one ghost of all the time? Of, of all the time. Of all time. Of all the time. Number one. The time is 1987, and you're sitting in your haunted house deep in the Georgia woods, and it's time to turn on the TV, and you hear the theme song, and it sends chills down your child's spine, because you're watching Unsolved Mysteries, Uh and the segment is about the Tallman's ghost. Oh, fun. Okay. I don't remember that, but I know Unsolved Mysteries. You'll remember that when I tell you haunted bunk beds. What? I don't remember that. You don't remember that Mm -mm. one? Okay. I picked this one for number one because this is a classic haunting story, okay? So first of all, I know a lot of people our age did love slash get terrified by Unsolved Mysteries all the time, like, because the theme song was terrifying and there were occasionally stories about cryptids, but mostly it was like true crime and murder. And sometimes they would do ghost stories and those were always fun, right? And this was a particular one that aired right before Halloween, 1987. And it was about a family that experienced a haunting. A family that should have gone to Walmart several times. Mm -hmm. Okay, now the premise of this haunting is terrifying when you're a child. As an adult, I tried to like watch the clip again and I was just like, this was what they were. (laughs) It just doesn't, it just doesn't sing in the same way. But it was like the family buys a pair of bunk, like a set of bunk beds. And as soon as they buy these bunk beds, they start having like hauntings in the house. In early February of 1987, Alan and Debbie Tallman brought home a bunk bed they had purchased at a secondhand furniture shop. They assembled the bed and stored it in their basement. When the bunk bed was moved upstairs, it marked the beginning of nine months of horror for the Tallmans. 
From the moment the bed was first slept in, the house appeared to be haunted by spirits that terrorized first the children, then the entire family. And it, it goes from really stupid stuff like, um, the dad was painting the walls in his basement and he went up for lunch and he placed the paintbrush on the table. When he returned, the brush was in the bucket with the bristles sticking up. That was listed as a paranormal uh, experience. That's just, yeah. You know what that was? It's just, he just balanced it on the lid of the can right. and it fell in. Yeah. Because why would you set it not in the can? You're trying to keep your bristles wet. Have I remember? Yeah. Look, I've painted a house. We'll get into that. Your in only second, recourse is to contact Unsolved Mysteries. <laughs> right. So like, so, this, sir, what is your Unsolved Mystery? My paintbrush my pa done turned upside down. So that was given as like evidence of one of the things. But then it was like the children would have nightmares. The children would see a, a terrifying old woman in their bedroom. And then both of the children had like visions of their room being on fire. And that was what scared the okay. crap out of me when I was a kid was that they would show like the flames and the kids were like, ah. and it was one of those things where the family's hysteria just feeds on uh -huh. each other and they get the pastor there and the pastor says, I feel the presence of evil in this house, which is not a helpful thing to say mm -hmm. if you're a, a pastor and everybody just needs to calm down. And his fear and, and terror and what he had seen was very similar to what I had seen before. But this is a really fun story because I think this is the classic American haunting. Because, of course, the thing that we're all terrified of is we're living our middle-class dreams and we finally have achieved home ownership, right? And we have a little family and everything is going great. And then it's haunted, right? You can't relax. You can't enjoy what you've earned. The security that you've worked so hard to build is always threatened by a ghost. And when you're a kid, it's just terrifying because it's like, they bought that bunk bed and it caught on fire mm -hmm. in their dream and there's a witch watching them sleep. But then when you watch it as an adult, you're just like, that would not fly in my house. A kid be like, there's a witch watching me in my sleep. And I'd be like, we're going to Walmart. And then when we're back from Walmart, we're going to turn the TV on and we're all going to sleep in here and you are not going to see any <laughs> witch in your room and you will all shut up <laughs> At least that's how I would feel. He's like, yep, do some chores then. Exactly. It's like, you scared? I bet the witch is scared of everybody sweeping their room and putting away their toys. <laughs> that's what I heard scares them off. But it's just like, it's really, it's really hilarious. I can't remember much from watching Unsolved Mysteries as a child, but this one always stood out in my mind as uniquely terrifying. And then when you revisit it as an adult, you're like, why didn't they just go to Walmart? But I feel like this is the classic haunting. So when we first started doing this list, I thought I would have more legitimately scary ghosts, but you really do just think of the ones that give you the most ghost pleasure, I guess. And it, yeah, or the ones that were most important in your formative years, mm -hmm. I suppose. I think I so, because there are a lot of ones that wouldn't make the list that I would just group together and say were important, but, you know, singularly, maybe not like I was mentioning the one that runs out of the cupboard and and, and those types of ghosts. I think there there's something really scary about a ghost that is interested in you. Like you're the focus of the ghost's attention. And anytime I see any haunted house movie where that's the case, especially any ghost just standing around in a bedroom or looking through a window, those are always my favorite kinds of ghosts, uh, even if they don't have a name. Yeah, what do you want, old man? Yeah, I know that's kind of popular now in uh, the uh, horror movies where they have secretly just put people standing around in the room in the background if you look for them. Oh, it's right. Just, it's probably going to seem tacky uh, later because one, I don't remember what the first movie that did it, but now everybody does it. Was yeah. it Hereditary was the first that was uh, doing they, it? They definitely did do it. Now but... everybody does it. It is terrible. It is really scary. Um, I, I I love it for now. <laughs> it is really fun. Uh, the, it, it does make me a little bit sad, though, because I do feel somewhat immune to ghosts because it would be like, what are you looking at? Like, you know what I mean? Like, what are you looking at me for? And then it would be like I would with my fictional children. Well, I'd be like, well, you so interested in me. I guess you're going to love to watch me vacuum this house. <laughs> and that's the end of my ghost story. <laughs> If you have thoughts on this list or your own suggestions, your own ghosts, email rumors at thewizardsnightshirt.com or hit us up on social media and we might share some of your thoughts on the next episode. 
Will, where can people follow us? You can find us on Twitter or Instagram. You can also visit us on the website at thewizardsnightshirt.com to find out about this show and about uh, Curdle Holler, our original Halloween comedy series that we'll release a special for before yeah, Halloween. Just in we, time for yeah. Halloween. Um, or you can come geek out with Rebecca about audio production on her weekly stream at twitch.tv slash keengarrity, K-E-E-N-G-A-R-R-I-T-Y. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week when we call forth new champions. The legends they tell of a hero Facing down fears and cutting down foes There's no resemblance to what you know When your own deeds feel humble and